you are evolutionarily and likely familiarly and culturally and religiously told and programmed to abandon yourself to belong to a group. And so then this invitation of how do you evolve and be liberated through relationship, through that, because ultimately what that says is that I'm not willing to tell you the fucking truth because I'm afraid that if I tell it to you, you won't love me anymore. Well, guess what happens? I don't tell you the truth, much like I stop pursuing my dreams. I stop because I've taken your version of the world and you might have even held your love for me over my head. And so as a kid, if that's what you learn, you're not adult. You, you, the fear is if I don't get safety and love from this parent, then I don't eat. I don't have fucking shelter. I don't have safety. So that follows us, right? It follows us to this place where we get to where we're like, I want to tell you how I feel about the world today. I want to tell you how I feel about how you're showing up. I want to tell you all about that. But I won't because I'm afraid that if I do, you will leave me. But in the moment of doing that, I leave myself. Do you see that? Like in order to belong, the exchange that occurs is you no longer belong to yourself. And so there's this process of liberation that fucking occurs that's so powerful that occurs when you finally say something that is truthful for you. And you don't have to start with the most extreme thing, right? And don't start with your mom. Everybody thinks I got to have that conversation with your mom. Your mom is the ultimate trigger. Your mom is the ultimate, <laughs> like, you got to think this is where attunement was supposed to be. This is like, that's where most of the original stuff that we explore, which is not to blame moms. Moms are the best and they're all doing their best, but we're all taught how to be. And that just follows down the inherited tree, right? Like when you look how you show up to relationship, just look up your family tree. If you've never seen someone work through conflict build deeper intimacy after it, only seen aggression or see no one. I have a friend who was like, my family was amazing. There was never conflict. I was like, oh shit. So you're taught that conflict's not okay. Everything was about having a brave face. And so you've got, we must start to think about how all these things affect us, not just on a literal level of how my mind works and what I believe is possible. Because if you've never seen deep, expansive love that that is mind shattering outside of the notebook, because let's be honest, that's a pretty awesome movie. But if you've never seen it outside of that, how would you know how to create it? And how would you know it exists? Right? Like I hear so many people when I ask them at the core of what is holding them back, not just from the relationship they want, because that's the stuff that really motivates us is how we show up in relationships, but what they want from their life. It's always something a belief that was given to them, not their own fucking belief, a belief that they inherited, usually from their family tree. And usually, you know, I remember when I want to leave my job as a pharmaceutical rep, that's a whole other can of worms. But when I want to leave a job as that, I remember telling my dad, hey, I'm super excited to pursue this writing about relationships. And my dad said to me, why don't you just take a leave of absence from your job? Now, granted, his intention was from a place of love. He doesn't want me to fail. He doesn't want me, but, but his limited belief about what is possible for me in my life was in that moment, the option I could inherit it or not. And I said to him, dad, that's like saying, I don't believe in myself. Like, fuck that. I can get another job, but I've got to do this. There's a calling from the soul, you know, for whatever it is that lights you up. And I remember talking to my friend, John Morrow, and he said to me, if you want to find what matters to you, find what breaks your heart. 
And it could be your own heart about what has occurred in your life, you know, but ultimately what we become is the teachers we needed. You know, we become the teachers we needed. Because if you walk a path, no one's walk, you're taking a lot of sticks to the face. Let's be honest. And they're not fun. But if you can teach how to dodge those sticks, and if you could teach how to embrace those sticks too, because you're going to learn from them. Every time you get smashed, you have a deep learning opportunity. Every time you get triggered, you have a deep learning opportunity. I have people who will say, I thought I was healed, but I got triggered the other day. That's not healing. Healing is not getting rid of triggers. Triggers are warning signs. Triggers are these beautiful radars that say, hey, when the world has looked like this, or I've felt like this, or my body has, or that person has had this energy or this face or whatever it is, it has led to betrayal, pain, abuse, trauma, whatever it might be. And so the trigger is like, pay attention. The wound is like, let's eat this fucking trigger for breakfast. And that either means I'm going to attack or I'm going to withdraw or I'm going to fawn, whatever I'm going to do. But that's a pre-programmed response that you likely inherited and also observed as a child. And again, adaptive, it got your needs met. Today, it doesn't help in terms of leading to not just a deeper connection with other people, but with yourself. Because below the wound, below the trigger, is some sort of space that you haven't explored yet, right? The healing of a trigger is actually when you observe it, you acknowledge it, and you respond from it, you don't react from it. That is a totally different world. Reacting from a wound or reacting from a trigger is something that is still unhealed. And you got to think about this, right? Like in the trigger is a hypersensitive ability to observe something, a wound. Usually, and you can think about this, what is it that you most wanted as a child and didn't get? What is it that you most wanted as a child and didn't get? It's usually things like to belong, safety, presence, my father, but what did you need from your father? presence, to be seen, belonging, wholeness. What does wholeness mean? Wholeness is abstract. What does it mean for you? Belonging, attention, feeling heard, feeling prioritized, feeling important, emotional support and education, right? Do you see that? Like at the core of whatever it is that you wanted most as a child and didn't get is likely your most sensitive trigger. And how you respond to that trigger is also likely your partners or the people you're attracted to's most sensitive trigger. That's the mind fuck of love is you will likely be attracted to someone who doesn't give you that thing. Isn't that fucked up? I know it's fucked up, but really ultimately, and we likely don't give our partner the thing that they're most triggered about, right? But, or we get too much of it. So if we didn't have anyone around when we were a kid, we might be like, well, then I'm just going to be attracted to people who are smothering. Well, that doesn't fucking work out, does it? No, that's fucking annoying, right? Because the balance is between, right? How do we negotiate space? Some people need too much space so because they're afraid if I get too close to you, you're going to hurt me. And other people need no space, space. They chase, right? So really when we're in relationship, we're relating to the space between us and another person. This is really important to observe because you might have learned about attachment style and then you heard, oh, I'm anxious or I'm avoidant or I'm whatever, or I'm codependent or whatever it is. But it's like really ultimately you're learning how to increase your capacity for either space or a lack thereof. 
and you're trying to change the story of what space or a lack thereof means for you, right? When the story was created, the trigger or the wound, what happens there is you didn't have the skill set to actually decide what that space looks like. You didn't have boundaries because likely no one taught them to you. You didn't maybe use your voice other than maybe being angry, which just makes you significant, but it doesn't make you hurt, right? It might make people listen, but they won't respect you, right? So you learn as a kid, as a kid, you don't learn any of these ways to get attunement. You don't learn how to actually get your parent to pay attention to you, especially if you don't have words yet, right? Like a lot of our grief or a lot of our pain can be pre-verbal. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose. And follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.